Hidden Valley Road is the heart-rending true story of a mid-century American family who's torn apart by mental illness. Of the 12 children in the family, six of the boys were diagnosed with schizophrenia. Author Robert Kolker deeply researched the family and the disease, which is still not fully understood. The result is a nonfiction book that reads like a novel and a family whose extraordinary circumstance will remain with you for a long time. Hello and welcome to The Best Book Ever, the podcast where we get to know interesting people by asking them about their favorite book. I'm your host, Julie Strauss, and I know today's guest, Victoria Snow, from the Thrillers by the Book Club. Whenever you hear me mention my friend whose superpower is correctly guessing the murderer by Chapter 3, she's the one I'm talking about. So of course I expected her to talk to me about a creepy thriller today. Instead, Victoria surprised me by choosing a nonfiction book that intimately relates to her own life and to her work as a grad student. I'm delighted I had the chance to talk to her about all of it, and about why Hidden Valley Road is the best book ever. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to the Best Book Ever podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. (laughs) I'm very excited to talk to you, but I have to ask you a practical question first. Uh I've been thinking about this a lot. You are in grad school, and most of the people who I talk to on this podcast tell me about when I ask people what their reading life was like throughout their lives, a lot of people say college killed my recreational reading life for a long time. I hear that Mm -hmm. over and over again. Mm -hmm. You are not only a reader, you're kind of a Olympic level reader. I know, I know you from a book group, you're Mm -hmm. a really active bookstagrammer. So what I really want to know is practically, how are you doing this? How are you maintaining your love and your passion of reading? And Mm -hmm. time-wise, how do you manage it? Well, to not go off on a tangent, but funny enough, you bring that up because I was, I mean, my whole life, I was a huge reader and we'll go into this further later, but um, so I read all through high school, um, you know, I, I read every night and go to bed and everything. And then graduate high school, started my associate's degree and I just stopped reading. Like it was just, uh, I just stopped. So I, and I took about, took seven years for me to graduate with my bachelor's, took six to seven years. So for that six to seven years, up until 2019, I didn't read a single fun book in my life. Like I was reading textbooks kind of like every so often. But it just completely stopped. So 2019, I graduated my bachelor's degree. And that's when I started picking up reading again. It was probably the last six months of my schooling. Um, And then it just, you know, started doing bookstagram. And so since 2019, um, I now, 2021, I started grad school. And I've kept up that heavy reading, like you're saying. I I average about 70 to 80 books a year. and I don't know. I mean, I'm passing with straight A's in grad school type of thing, but I think I'm just able to mentally handle doing the fun stuff such as reading as well as focusing on school. So I don't, I don't really know. I think I just maybe, and we'll talk about this later about my mental health, but because the book we talk, we're going to talk about is about mental health, but I think my mental health from 2012 to 2019 was just not that great. Well, I know it wasn't, it wasn't. So I think it's a lot of factors. It's making sure my mental health is better um, and just picking up a hobby so that I feel better. It's like, you know, a 
self-care mechanism. So, (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. What do you think it is about college that kills so much of our reading desire? Yeah. I mean, I read textbooks for, for like my associates and bachelors, Mm. but I didn't do all the required reading when I should (laughs) have. So I can't blame it on that. Um, I think just you're trying, you're going through a lot of growing pains in those early years, you know, 18 to 22, 24. And, um, you know, I, if you do have mental health, you know, difficulties, they're definitely aggravated by just hormones and, you know, and so I don't, I mean, I think you're distracted by social life at that time too. Like my social life was so extravagant from age 18 to 24. Now as a 28 year old, I hardly go out, you know, like, you know, I'm settled. I'm a home buddy. So I think it's like your social life is, you know, you're, you're starting new relationships, whether it be a love interest or friendships. I think you just get distracted. I just, and then you're busy with school. That's like the added factor. Tell me about your, how you became such a reader. You said you were a massive reader before college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So funny enough, um, I read like my, like, from the moment I could learn how to read, I was a huge reader. Um, you know, elementary school, I was sitting on the couch after school and just binging books. And then at school, when I finished my assignment, cause I was, I still am like a fast, um, learner and I can do assignments really fast. And so I'd have all this excess time during class to just pick up a book and read when everyone else was working. So, but I was actually the last person in my first grade class to learn sight words. I was way behind. They even sent me to a reading specialist in school in first grade. And so something in first grade, like I was struggling. And then I think second grade, like something clicked. I was like there, we were writing stories in second grade, like writing our own books. It was like one of our main activities for the whole year. I would just pump out those books, like writing them, like, you know, it just, I could do that easily. All of a sudden I could read easily. All of a sudden I was reading Junie B. Jones and and so that just continued throughout all my school years. And uh, my dad's a big reader. My mom would read like James Patterson, but my dad, I mean, I could, I would always see my dad just reading a book at night sort of thing. So it was also in my family. You and I know each other from the thrillers book club. Mm-hmm. Um, is that your favorite genre or do you have a favorite genre? Yeah, I think so, because the books I was reading in like junior high and high school were, um, Jay, I was reading a couple of James Patterson in middle school, which is young for that, but I was, I picked <laughs> up a couple of James Patterson. I was reading like R.L. Stein, Goosebump, his other like thriller books in elementary school and, and high school and stuff. Um, so I think if I had to choose one genre to read for the rest of my life, it'd be thrillers because it just, it constantly keeps my attention. Um but I am very much an eclectic reader. Like that's how I describe myself. I'll read anything. Think the, I'm trying to think if there's anything I wouldn't read. Maybe classics. I'm not a huge classics reader. They okay. just don't like old classics like Jane Austen. I, I not doesn't interest me that much. Like I have to read um, Anne, of, Anne of Green Gables in December for a buddy read thing. And I'm kind of apprehensive about it. Like I'm going to do it, but I don't know if I'm going to love it. it might really <laughs> drag Right. Do you have to read the whole series or just the first book? I think just the first one. Yeah, oh, okay. it's just, it's part of that like 12 for 12, the friend recommendations for the year. And so oh. it was recommended to me by a friend. And so I have to read it by end of December. I don't know what that is. What What's the 12 it's, for 12? Yeah, so it went around Bookstagram as like a prompt and everyone 
a lot of people did it in December of last year. And you just asked people who follow you like, Hey, recommend me your favorite book. And I, 12 people recommended me 12 books. And then I just have all of 2022 to read them, you know, just kind of get people's recommendations. It was fun. Yeah. And I've, I've read about, I think I've done four or five of them so far of the 12. So it's yeah. sort of like like what I do here with the podcast, where you ask yeah. people and mm-hmm. then you read their book, and then if you mm-hmm. hate it, will you finish it? No, I I think I would probably. I'm not a big DNFer though. I will not. I hardly ever. So I think I would push myself to finish because I something about it. I'm just I like that completion kind of feeling. Yeah, and I yeah I try finish a book. I think I've only DNF'd maybe two books in the last three four years. What were they? One was a Karen Slaughter book. It was one of her, her really popular ones, but I'm not a detective thriller person, like a okay. crime fiction. So, and I just, I kept rereading sentences and it wasn't clicking in my brain. And I was like, you know what? I'm not loving it so far. It just, it's not for me. So and I might eventually give her another shot. I, I like it to a point. I think that the ones I don't like are the ones that are like, like they use a lot of terminology from like police and detective, like a lot okay. of the terminology. Like all, like almost like really, really realistic. Okay. A cozy detective mystery I might enjoy. A kind of something a little bit more basic. It's when they start throwing out like, you know, all these terms that the police use or detectives yeah. use. That's where I'm like, okay, I can't get into this. Do you remember how you found this book that we're talking about today, Hidden Valley Road? Yeah. So that, okay. So I, I read, I read an arc of it an advanced readers copy of it in 2020 when it about two months before it was released or maybe a month before. And, um, I found it on NetGalley. I had just joined NetGalley maybe four months before. And I was like requesting tons of books. I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Will you explain what NetGalley is to my listeners? Yes. Yeah. So NetGalley is something that you kind of have to have a social media presence to a point, if you, it, so anyway, what you do is you go on netgalley.com, you create an account, you hook up your social media. It can be Facebook, Instagram, um, I think even YouTube maybe if you do reviews on YouTube. Um, it's anywhere where you would normally review a book. And um, so I connected my bookstagram, my book Instagram account. And I think I had about a little over a thousand followers at the time. And I... And they have two options on that galley. You can request from like an author or publisher, the book, and then they will accept you or not. They can deny you, accept you. The other option. And what I did when I first started out was there's a section on the website where it says read now. And those books you can instantly download. You don't need to be accepted or denied. And so that's a good way to start getting these free PDF books sent to your Kindle or ebook reader, e-reader. And those read nows, you then, once you read the book, you review them on their website and you're supposed to post on social media as well to kind of spread awareness. And so um, I think the first couple of books, I think I requested like a few and got accepted. And that was probably based on my follow- follower count on Instagram. And then I did some of the read nows, like the instant reads. And I just started reviewing and then requested a little bit more and then got approved. And so I think by the time I requested Hidden Valley Road, which is the book we're going to talk about, um, I just found it on their website, like through their, like browsing their books, never heard of the author before, just read the synopsis on their website. And I was like, this sounds like really interesting. So, uh, and I didn't know at the time how popular, I mean, it's not a super popular book on Bookstagram, but it's 
somewhat well known. Um, and so I didn't realize that I just requested it because I thought it sounded interesting. How would you summarize this? If you were handing it to someone who had never mm-hmm. heard of this book before? It's a nonfiction. It reads like a fiction book because it's almost like doesn't seem real. And it's pretty much about a family of 12 children and then two parents has 12 children. And it pretty much half of the children have schizophrenia or have been diagnosed with schizophrenia. And it takes place starting in like the 1950s when the first child's born and it spans until 2017, 2018. Um, so all these children are now in their fifties or sixties and it's just, it details their, their pretty much their entire life up until this point. And it's just how, you know, half the family has schizophrenia and how it just affected, you know, the children without schizophrenia and and the family dynamics. And just, it just reads like it's not real, but it is. I mean, it's, it's a really good, accurate depiction of the disease. What's your connection to schizophrenia? Is this something that you study or that you know about? Yeah, so I'll go briefly. I'm I'm currently in grad school to become a, a licensed marriage and family therapist, which is pretty much like you're licensed and stuff like that. Um, I'm earning hours right now and finishing school. So I've always had an interest in mental health, mental illness. Uh, I've been in and out of therapy my entire life. I can share. I'm very open book, um, and I have bipolar two disorder. Um, as well as, you know, anxiety that goes with that stuff. And, um, so I've dealt with that my, my, pretty much my entire life. And so when I first read about this book, the synopsis, anything to do with mental illness, I'm just like, it just piques my interest so much. And so reading this book, they mentioned bipolar disorder a couple of times and how schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, they're noticing with genetics that they might be closely related in a way, um, they might, you know, they're both genetic based. When I asked you to choose a book, you came up with this one pretty quickly. Yeah, I knew I wanted to pick a book that had to do with the career I'm going in because it's such a, I mean, I just started internships, seeing clients this week and mm. I started internships three weeks ago. So I knew I was like, okay. And I'm, so that's a, and that's what I'm trying to do with my bookstagram is kind of um, incorporate books about therapy or psychology so I just, I just knew I wanted to kind of focus on like what's going on in my life right now. And and like I said, therapy and mental illness and everything has been a massive part of my life. I mean, I wouldn't be who I am today without it. Tell me what you like so much about this book and the way it portrays this illness and, and this family. The, the one aspect of the book is about the family and their life story. The other aspect, like every other chapter is about the scientists in the last 30 years who have the few scientists who have been doing genetic testing and doing experiments to try to figure out what causes schizophrenia, um, whether it be nature versus nurture, which is kind of like, okay, is it genetic or is it caused by your environment or stressors? Uh, and that's like, that's been a massive discussion. And the, even my professors like nature versus nurture are all these, some of my professors believe that I've had, and I disagree with them. They think that, you know, it's, caused by your parents or, or, you know, things like that. It's, and in the book, it goes about that, about the schizophrenic mother, how there's a belief that how you parent and how mother parents can cause the schizophrenia, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, but I just like how it focuses on the science side, genetic side. And then when it comes to the family story, it, it truly shows, it's very honest about 
you know, all the experiences, all these, it's mainly the brothers in the family who have schizophrenia. And there's two little girls. There's only two girls in the family. They do not have schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And so it talks about the trauma that the daughters go through because they're the youngest and um, how the the major part of the book is how the mother dealt with having her perfect family turn into just an unbelievable situation with half her sons having schizophrenia. And the amount of times that they mention certain brothers being put into a mental institution. I mean, some of them were there 15, 20 times in their lifetime so mm-hmm. far. I mean, just, it just doesn't, you just think it's all fake, but it's, it's true. It's very true. So, um, and, you know, with bipolar disorder, which is what I have, and then also with schizophrenia, when you tell someone that they just think, oh, they're crazy. And in this book, the brothers who have schizophrenia, some of the things they did do, do seem crazy, but there's also a lot of heart in the book and it shows that they're, they're human. They, they can't help it. Like they're just sick. Yeah. It just makes you like sympathetic and just, yeah. (laughs) I am so glad you said that because that was the main word I kept thinking as I was reading was empathetic. This author Mm -hmm. I, I don't know him at all. I've never read his, other, I haven't read his other book, but I just kept thinking he must be such a kind and empathetic person and honest mm. to get them to open up the way that he did and to get them to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And then he went and told them in such, yeah, I'm just going to keep saying empathetic in such an empathetic way. Cause it's not clinical. It's very, it's a very emotional story. He's not cold yeah. about it at all. But he also doesn't veer into that salacious, gory detail, exploit them, make fun of them. He doesn't do anything like that. And it's, I just thought it was such a, and it would have been so easy to do that too, to make it the most dramatic story you've ever read. Oh, yeah. Six schizophrenic boys. And he, yeah, it's like he said, I, I had this feeling like he wanted to tell the story of a family, mm-hmm. not the story of, the ravages of this particular sickness mm-hmm. and God, he just did such a good job. I mean, your heart just breaks through the whole thing, but I never felt like they were exploited. Did you know? No, I think he probably just based on what we read. I think he probably worked very closely with the two youngest sisters who are now in their fifties and sixties. And, um, cause you just, by reading, you can tell he probably had the full support of them to write about their family. I mean, the brothers who are currently dealing with the schizophrenia, they're, a couple of them are probably not able to really speak much for themselves, but because of their, their mental status. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's definitely trigger warnings in this book. Uh, and they're the, the triggering kind of conversations. I mean, you could easily exploit those, mm-hmm. those factors. And he does it very um, understanding uh, yeah. and empathetic. Yeah. As we learn, actually, we learned this in the beginning of the book. They were victims in a lot of ways of a lot of the things that happened with their brothers. Um, Mm -hmm. And they coped with their childhood in really different ways. One of them kind of has become the family caretaker. And one of them has really just sort of left and gone. Mm -hmm. Not my problem. Right. Yeah. Um, What'd you think of that? Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, the sister's names are Mary and Margaret. Margaret, like you said, she just kind of left with her, you know, the, her children, her now husband and moved to a different state. And then Mary, who also goes by 
she goes by as Lindsay. She, she kind of, I give her props because she went through many years of therapy Mm -hmm. and I think she still probably is in therapy. Um, And then she became the caretaker, like you said, so of her siblings as well as her mother. So um, I think I, I, as I was reading, I don't want to judge anyone, but I definitely respect the way Mary slash Lindsay kind of handled things. I could relate to that. I think if I was in her position, even though they've been through so much, so many traumatic things, I would probably do the same thing she did. And that's that was another place I thought his empathy was so great because he was not judgmental of either of their choices. And mm-hmm. at the end of this book, I really felt like I think they were both right. I think both yeah. of those choices. Yeah. I don't know what I would do, but I don't fault either of them because yeah. the way he portrayed them was they're doing the best they freaking can. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve kids. 12 mm-hmm. like already <laughs> yeah that's already tough just raising 12 children and add in what they all experienced I mean I don't know how the mom did it <laughs> I don't either and I understood her very deeply in mm-hmm. that I mean we don't have schizophrenia in our family thank god mm-hmm. but that instinct of the the most the most unwell child gets the most attention. Mm-hmm. I understood that to my bones. And then yeah. the other children getting resentful of that. It is yeah. that that mother, I just, I felt so deeply for her. Mm-hmm. And she was getting blamed. Yeah. <laughs> by oh, the doctors. By the psychiatrists and doctors. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, but that is true because even my, in my, you know, my family, my parents and my sisters and stuff, I was the, not nearly as severely as the oldest son, Donald in this book, but I was the sick child, you know, middle school, high school, where my symptoms were aggravated. And so, yeah, my younger sister, I think, I mean, I mean, my mom says to this day, she got kind of left, you know, behind and she had to fend for herself a lot of times. And, um, it's very true that I could, the, the healthy children in this book, um, like Mary and Margaret, mm-hmm. you can see how, why they reacted the way they did or where they are in their life now. And that's something to remember when you're reading this book is majority of the book is taking place from the fifties to maybe the seventies, 75. Mm-hmm. And so that was just a completely different time for mental health. Like it, it was yeah. just like, you know, it was the instant thought that, Oh, if you've got something mentally wrong, if you're just a little bit depressed, off to the mental institution you go and you're drugged and you're, you know, you're knocked out with drugs and it's just totally different. It's just so much shame. Yeah. It was shameful. Yeah. I'm glad you used mm-hmm. that word because I remember yeah. when I was a kid, you know, and I'm a lot older than you, I'm 53. Mm-hmm. And, but I remember when I was a kid, whenever my mom and her friends were talking about someone going to a psychiatrist, always whispered it. Yeah. <laughs> Broke my, and you know what? That husband needed to get his ass home. (laughs) Whether or not the kids had schizophrenia, she has 12 children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to get your ass home and help with dinner. That, of course, that didn't happen. Yeah. No, that didn't help. No. no. That guy was always gone. Maybe she did have to have sort of a military style discipline in her house. Can you blame her? She's got 12 kids. No, I, (laughs) yeah, I don't. I don't falter for that, that parenting mm-hmm. choice. I mean, I think, and she still like showed love. Like, I think she was totally. still maternal, but she needed that structure. I mean, those kids, the kids with the schizophrenia, the first thing they need is structure. Mm-hmm. I mean, without structure, I mean, I need structure. I mean, 
I'm not <laughs> severely mentally ill. So it's just, it helps. It just, no, their world is yeah. going, yeah, their world's going crazy around them. They need something stable. You're kind of focusing, you said, on mental health books mm-hmm. or you're, you're mm-hmm. leaning towards them these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they feel exhausting to you? Do they feel like additional schoolwork? Well, no, actually, I'll have to correct you. I haven't been, I want to read more. I have a oh, whole bookshelf, <laughs> probably like 20 to 30 books just to do with mental health. Some of them are more like um, educational versus some are like this, where there's like a story, uh, people's experiences. And um, I think the reason why I haven't picked them up is because I really rely on that fantasy book or that thriller book to get away from all the education. Yeah. So it's like, while I would benefit and learn from reading psychology based books right now, and I need to push myself to maybe read one or two per month. Um, it's just, I automatically just want to reach for that romance or thriller, you know, anything just to, just to focus on something else. Tell me what you're reading right now. Yeah. So I was just about to look up. The t- it's you'll know. Cause it's going to, well, maybe you won't. I don't know. It's going around Instagram right now. Let me check the title. It's the, J- J- is her name Jeanette McCurdy? The one from iCarly. It's her memoir. Oh, I'm glad my, my mom died. Yes. yes. I just Total. heard that yesterday. So I'm only a chapter in. So I'm still early days. But, you know, it's everywhere on Bookstagram right now. And she sold out. She sold out everywhere. Yeah. It's amazing. I think that's like, I think the only time that's happened is maybe with uh, Michelle Obama's book. Maybe. I don't know. Did she sell out? I think so. I don't so. know. Um, yeah. Now, were you interested in that one because you were an iCarly fan or because of the mental health aspect? <laughs> No, well, I didn't realize there was a mental health aspect. So now that is an interest. Um, but no, I was, I didn't watch iCarly. I actually found the show kind of annoying. So I, I, you know, I don't, I wasn't a huge fan of her before. Um, but I know it's mainly just because it's just been so popular and people are raving about it. I'm like, yeah. okay, I can't miss out, you know? So I got it from my library and I, I was luckily able to get it like early. I was one of the you know first people to get it. Um, but now that I know there is a mental health aspect and, you know, a trauma aspect that definitely, I'm sure it will be pretty interesting. So my understanding of the reviews I've read is that she can write. I'm noticing that within the first couple pages, like she's kind of like, um, the way she writes, it almost like a lot of it, like there's, you can hear like the sarcastic tones in it, certain, certain statements, like maybe she's making kind of poking fun at stuff. I just the yeah. title is so shocking. Yeah. <laughs> and the cover of her like smiling with the the ash, you know, the ashes and stuff. <laughs> like, oh man. Will you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes. So I am on Bookstagram or Instagram. Um, my name is beauty underscore and books. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can find me there and I post my reviews and when I go to bookstores, I take pictures of like the tables and the, you know, all the different sections. So, um, and then book club stuff. I, I'm in two book clubs. So I post about those there too. Why'd you hit on that name, Beauty and Books? Okay. So I worked at <laughs> Ulta Beauty. Yes. I worked at uh. Ulta Beauty uh, 2016, 2017 to 2018. And I started my page, that Instagram for my beauty stuff. I was putting makeup looks on there. And then I slowly changed it to books and books and beauty. And then I just completely left the beauty out the window. So now it's just books. So, and I didn't want to change my name because I've got kind of a solid kind of community and stuff. So I just kept it. Yeah. 
I always thought it had something to do with Beauty and the Beast and yes. the library of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that's like that. what, yeah, there's other users on there that have a similar name. And I think that's what they kind of base it off of. Yeah. But no, mine was, I was look, making makeup looks and it's still on there. If you scroll all the way down, you'll see them. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. this has been so great. It's always so great talking to you. And I'm thrilled that you joined me. And I hope you'll come back anytime yes. you have a book you want to share with Oh, yeah, me. absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm Thank so you. fun. <laughs> I would love to hear if you've read Hidden Valley Road and what you thought of it. Let me know on Instagram at Best Book Ever Podcast. Links to everything we discussed are in the show notes or at my website, bestbookeverpodcast.com. If you have a book you want to tell me about, click on the Be a Guest button on my website or Instagram bio so we can chat. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your favorite reading friend and rate it on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to hit the follow or subscribe button. Thank you for joining me today. I will see you at the library.